Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fitness Behind the Filter. Um, I have a guest, a returning guest today. Um, I think actually you're the first person that I've had on twice. Okay. Not to play your own trumpet or anything. <laughs> um, but talking about something completely different. So today we are back with Ali Burge. Um, and we're going to talk about a little bit more about mental health and mindset because I don't think Ali and I could be any diff- more different if we tried. <laughs> He describes himself as an overly relaxed person, and obviously I am not. Um, So yeah, thanks for coming, Ali. Thank you very much. And it's good that you said my name and I never, because it sounds better in an English accent than a Scottish one. So that is fine. When we did our last podcast, I remember you saying you're probably going to have to get a bit of a translator out. Yeah, no, don't worry. I'm going to speak very slow for everyone. (laughs) Um, So... One of the reasons I wanted to talk to Ali today about the whole mental health and mindset thing was because you replied to one of my stories when I talked about journaling and you were like, what do you journal about? Um, And you you expressed an interest in it, but you were like, I don't think I actually need it. But you spoke about the fact that you had done it previously. So you said that you journaled before it was cool. Yeah, so I prepped when I was... 24, so that's maybe like, what, seven years ago, I dieted for a show, and I remember I went through this, like, mindset phase where I read read a lot of books that were very, like, pushed towards that. There's a book called Sumo, called Shut Up, Move On, that's very, very good. Um, I was supposed to have some other books sitting beside me so I could tell you, but I can't remember. But <laughs> when I'd done that, I also journaled, but this was before, like, anyone really spoke about it, and I suppose I just journaled just to, like, get down my thoughts and like, it was the first time I was dieting, so perhaps like worries. But my mum is a total hippie and she's been journaling forever. So like, it is something I'm aware of. And what's so interesting about it is when I've done it back then, I remember it being such a help. I can't really remember what I spoke about, but I remember it helping a lot. Whereas now, I kind of feel like it's just, so I bought that that journal that everyone has, the one that's super like good for it. And I tried. Yeah, and I literally looked at it and I was like, I don't need this. Um, The reason I was asking you was a lot of clients ask me about it. I can't really give too much info because it's not something I do. So it's hard to transfer that to other clients. Yeah, fair enough. Do you know what? One, I actually was recommending it to clients before I'd even started doing it myself because I I could recognize why it would be a good thing, but I could never actually get into it myself. Um, so you don't remember what you actually journaled about? That was going to be a question. Well, no, no, I, I, like, I do, but I, I mean, I don't remember the exact words that were on paper, but I remember that obviously when you're dieting, you're up super early and stuff, I would start my day, I would, I would kind of use it like a diary. Dear diary, but, please let me get lean. <laughs> yeah, that and like at 3pm I have to do cardio and things like that, but I would use it as that, but I would also just write down my sort of like wins for the previous day so I would try and keep everything in a positive light rather than writing so like I would use the the journal to almost try and keep everything going the right way if that makes sense which obviously I'm speaking about a comp prep which in the grand scheme of things isn't super important but I do think it can be very helpful for people to look at that so looking at the previous day and like Right, so what am I? What went well? What what things can I actually look back on and think that oh that was actually good? Because if you don't, or obviously I know you could do it. If it's a bad day, it could go the opposite. But a lot of the time we don't assess that stuff. 
Like, we don't even think about it. We just float through life with no real, like, thought process on anything. So that's what I used it for. Um, and it was very helpful. I could maybe dig it out and then I'll be able to send you some of them. But uh, <laughs> I, I just remember that this is probably before I was so relaxed and I was going into something I was totally unsure of. So you are, like, there's a lot of things going through your brain. Mm-hmm. And I found that, like, so I'm quite, like, quite a hyper person as well. So I found putting that on paper before I started work was really helpful. Yeah. <coughs> Why do, do you think that you do reflection? Cause you're saying it was really helpful to reflect on the day. Do you feel like you don't even need reflection on the day anymore? Or do you reflect in different ways now? Um, so I think reflection is such an important thing because a lot of the time, if you're struggling with something, you've struggled with it before and how did you get through it before? Mm-hmm. But we, we don't think about that because we're always thinking about the next day or moving forward. So I think that is what I used it for. Like, it was almost like, uh, here's what here's what I need to look at. How do I get through it sort of thing? So I think the reflection part of it is, is really useful. Um, and also with that, so I would reflect on, it might not have been the day before, it could have been the week before, whatever, but I would reflect on it. Then I would look at the sort of the, right, this didn't go so well, but how could I overcome that? Or how did I overcome it sort of thing? So it was, it probably wasn't journaling in the pure sense of it, but I did use it in a way to constantly try and move forward, I suppose. Yeah, but do you, but I mean, do you reflect now, like not necessarily in a journaling sense, but if you recognize how helpful reflection was, do you find that you reflect on things now? Um, not from a, not from like a personal well-being standpoint, I wouldn't say so. Okay. From like a business one, yes. Um, yeah, you're very I, numbers, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like very, very like analytics driven, but like from that stuff, no, like don't get me wrong, there is some, some days that you just have the, the want or maybe you just like, it's just one of those days you want to think about stuff, but I don't reflect as much as you probably, probably should, to be honest. Mm-hmm. When we were talking um, before, obviously, the podcast, you spoke about how um, when you walk in nature, you feel like you can mentally kind of like achieve mindfulness and things like that, but you can't put it down on paper. Um, Do you think that's because your mind is clearer than it was before? Or do you think you have a stronger mindset? Or do you just think you're looking for different things? Oh, so my mind is not clear. My mind is like a the biggest foggy mess on earth um, <laughs> due to numerous factors. But I think, so like, it's obviously we don't speak about like mental well-being, like sort of trying to improve that stuff as much as we should. I know you do a lot, but like, <clears throat> I think what happens with people, and this is why I was asking about the journal, people have this thing of like, I want to improve my mental strength. I'm going to journal. And then they can't get into it. And they're like, oh, well, there's nothing else. Whereas... I found myself that like, so like you'll be the same as me. My phone's going constantly. I'm busy. I'm constantly applying to clients, which I love. I'm training, but then you have to get away from that. And I do find like my time is just like, I don't know, maybe put a podcast on or listen to a book. when When I walk, I find that I can get a bit more like mental clarity, um, which if you relate back is basically the same as journaling. It's mm-hmm. where I can go and, process my thoughts and sort of be because a lot of the time as well when I was trying to journal you're in a position where 
you're in a house, you're in a place, there's things going on. Whereas I find that for me, I find it a lot easier. Like, like I live in Scotland, there's loads of places close by. You can drive to a beach and go for a walk on a beach. I find that, that stuff has helped me, especially in the last three, four months, a lot. I maybe do it once a week or so. It's not something I speak about because I don't really see the need to do it. Like, like it's not, like it's not going to, might not help any other people, but that I do that weekly. I would say sometimes just to get away from work or just to actually process something. Sometimes it's just for maybe I wake up one day and I'm like, it's not as good a day as I thought it would be. I'll go Mm -hmm. do it like that sort of thing. Um, And I do think it's very helpful. Do you walk without your phone? So I put my phone on flight mode and if I'm listening to a book, it'll be on Audible, so it's downloaded if I'm listening to podcasts. Sometimes I won't listen to anything. Other times I may listen to like an album I really like, but I find that that stuff, although I'm listening to that, I can still process. Mm-hmm. If I was standing texting, I was on Instagram, I can't. Yeah, But course. if I'm listening to things, because they almost just become background noise. Yeah, um, no, that makes sense. What do you... What's your sort of like protocols when it comes to your phone, when it comes to clients? Do you feel like, will you reply first thing in the morning? Will you give yourself some time? Is there like a shut off time? Like, uh, I know that. So if anyone's starting up a personal training business or a coaching business, whatever you want to call it, please have times where you can work and you don't work. I am the worst person on earth for working nonstop every day. So like I wake up in the morning, I reply to client messages, I do client check-ins. Only time I don't reply is when I'm training. But at night, I'm like, I'll stop working at seven and then my phone goes. And I can't see my phone going because my WhatsApp's notifications are off. But I look and then I go, I'll be as well by that. So I'm very bad for that. Um, and I think I said that last time as well. But I think that's where I was starting to get a little bit more like time away. So before, I probably wouldn't have been able to go for a walk and just like, shut off because mm. I would have been thinking, oh, I need to reply to someone. There's something going on. But what you find is people don't care if you don't reply in an hour. Like, it's fine. Yeah, of course. And that, that, that's also the same with anyone else out there. Like, no matter what you do, unless, like, there's always time to spend on yourself for a little bit. Yeah, as long as you choose to prioritise them. Well, yeah, but that's the hard thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, prioritise anything, you'll do well, so it's fine. Um. How would you describe your mental well-being? Poor oh, erratic, is that way? Can you describe it as that? Um, yeah, definitely. For anyone that follows me, and I'm sure that's probably about three of you, but um, for anyone that doesn't, like, like my Instagram's my business. It's not personal. So my Instagram's fully focused on clients. So I have spoke a little bit about it here and there, but like I'm, my brain's very busy and I think that, for the most part, I'm good, but there's, like, I don't think there's anyone on earth, like, people try and do that, oh, you know, I'm always fine, like, it's not, it's not as simple as that, and I think the more you come to terms with it, and the more you are actually able to speak about it, the better it is, or not necessarily speak about it, but use something that is a, a tool to, to cope with it, um, so, like, mine's is, like, you have bad days, everyone does, and I think as I'm getting older, I'm 31 now, so I'm getting over the hill, I've became more, I'm okay with that. And I think actually coping with it is something that if you sweep it under the carpet and you just get on with it, yeah, that's fine, but it's going to come back. So now we're like, uh, like I'd say for the most part, 
I have got nothing to complain about and like people will have a lot more worries than me, but there's always stuff that's there that is very difficult. Do you know what? That's such a good like, point that you made about um, how if you sweep it under the carpet and it doesn't go away. I think so many people will distract themselves and busy themselves with various things and they'll feel better in the moment and they'll think that thing that distracts them fixes it. But unless you actually like work out like why it's happened or what you can do to actually help it, like you can't just let it go away. Like it, it, it will be a recurring problem. It's that other thing of if you've got stuff to do and you're trying to be productive and that little thing in the back of your mind is chipping away, I think your productivity is worse. So what I try and do now is I deal with that head on. Mm-hmm. And again, stuff I don't really speak about, but sometimes I get up and I'm like, right, here's what's going through my brain. I need to deal with that. I deal with it then and work because mm-hmm. I find that even if I've not resolved it, because it's not as magic as you, you sit and think and everything's then perfect which I think people, again, with any journaling, mindfulness, training-wise, anything, people do expect it to be fast. It's not. Um, but, I, yeah, I think don't try not to do that because it builds up and then it just becomes a, a pressure you don't need. Yeah, completely agree. Um, how would you say that you deal with it? Like, what do you do to deal with it? Um, so... It's quite an interesting one. Like I'm someone who's quite good at being alone. Like I'm quite good. Like if if like I can take myself away from situations quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before I was probably a little bit more like when I was trying to deal with something, I would just become more combative about things. Um, if that makes sense, like you're almost trying to make yourself feel better by like having friction. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm better at just getting away from it. So. It could be anything. Sometimes for me, it is just like, I'm not doing anything. I'm doing work, but I'm listening to an audio book. But that's where I'm like processing stuff, things like that, which I know you should never process stuff while you're working, by the way. It's not a very like tactical way to do stuff, but I'm just better at, I'm better at sort of just holding my hands up, I suppose would be the word. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So for example, I was in Dubai, I can't remember how long ago, five weeks, six weeks ago. But that was a good time for me to be away it's also probably a hard time because you have to process that. But just like sitting there in a busy place, I can still sort of zone out to my own own thoughts, which is quite nice, to be honest. It's quite hard as well. But So you manage to deal with things just by thinking them through? Yeah, just by actually... Because like, I think from a coaching aspect, everything you do as a person, as a job, always relates back. Everything should connect. So when I'm coaching, if there's a client that something needs fixed or something looks at, I'll find the root of the problem and you fix it. Mm-hmm. The, for years, I kind of ran away from that. And I suppose it all like that typical man thing, you like caveman mentality, like you've got no problems, nothing's up, like who cares? Whereas now I actually quite, I, I don't want to say I like being emotional because I wouldn't say I'm the most emotional man on earth, but I like to actually have a touch on it. So I just take my time with it. Maybe I, like, maybe I drive somewhere, I just chill out in the car. Maybe I smoke a joint and do it. I don't condone that, by the way, but maybe I do it. <laughs> like, stuff like that, I think, is stuff that, as I've got older, I can just be like more at one with, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I think I said earlier, but like, it is, it's, that's not going to work for everyone. But like, for me, it's more like I can do that. 
Yeah. Okay. So you definitely just like deal with it on your own. You don't talk to people. You don't. That sort of like, stuff. No, no, no. So I've got a, I've got a good like bunch of people as well that like. So like, this this will be like something relatable to some people. Uh, probably more males, but like guys don't really speak about stuff like that because, and I think this is a really good thing, by the way. So I think, and people are going to be like, what? But like, I think, and this is, I am not boxing male and female into totally. (laughs) Disclaimers out there. Yeah, just to throw that out there. I do think that sometimes with guys, someone's got a problem. One of my mates will just literally say something funny you all have a laugh, and but that's kind of knowing that they're there for you. You don't need to keep going over the same thing over and over again. And for me, that's very helpful. If I want to go into more detail about it, I've got select people that I go speak to. Mm-hmm. But they're the same people that if they've got something that they need to get off their chest, they speak to me. And you need to have both sides of that there. And the reason I think sometimes with girls, it goes a little bit far is it becomes like someone says something, oh my God, it's one of the three. Like, yeah. so I, I depend on how I'm feel because again, with your mentality and mindset, I think it depends on what the day is. Some days I maybe need to have more of like an emotional, like conversation. Other days I just need to know that people are there, but I probably want one of my mates to just take the piss out of me mm-hmm. because it's, I don't, I don't need a big deal. I don't need to speak about it. Loads. So I think having those different avenues, you can cope with stuff's really important. I know that's not always simple for everyone because not everyone's got that like, group random um, but that's how I deal with it I think it depends what I need to deal with will depend on how I deal with it if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah but I guess you know that depending on what it is either way works for you either like speaking it through with people or just distracting yourself and like processing it yourself kind of thing yeah because you have that so so and again everyone's the stuff people are dealing with are all different levels things like that but like for me if I'm having a bad time with something I'll know if I need to get away and just go chill out by myself if I need to be amongst people or if I just need to have like a quiet conversation with someone but I'll know which one works best for what I'm and then other like the other one as well like I've got some people that I can almost sometimes I just need to go have an argument and then like that's my coping strategy. And they'll just probably like go, oh, fuck's sake, he's at it again. Mm-hmm. And then you bounce off each other and then they'll just be like, cool. Like, it's like that. No, like, but that's took me this long to actually get to the point where I know that. Um, so it's, it's finding what works. What is it about an argument that makes you feel better? Um, I, I, like, I think, I don't, I don't necessarily mean an argument, but sometimes like, Sometimes like stuff is going on that's probably throwing you off a bit and you don't need life advice. You don't need to sit in your head and overthink it. Sometimes it's just one of those things that you almost need to go, it's happened, get on with it. And I think sometimes having that, like to me and my business partner, he's not very, he will be, he's the opposite of me. He just lets me argue with him and just laughs and then just goes, yeah, cool. Like, but he lets me do that because he knows that's my my venting. He knows that's me getting it out. I was going to say venting. Yeah, but sometimes that's, I'm speaking absolute nonsense, but he knows why I'm doing it. And then it's just like, right, cool, on the next time. But if I never done that, it would still keep building up. So it's not about the argument as such. It's just that it's something that can help you in a certain, that's only for a very small thing though. Like it wouldn't be, I'm not going to deal with something very, very like 
like something that I'm struggling with a lot by arguing. But like, I think sometimes you do need to have different styles of it. I guess it's a way of dealing with the frustration. It's that like release. Yeah, yeah okay. short, sharp release. And then you then you still will deal with it at a different stage. But I think sometimes that's a very good thing as well. Mm. How would you describe the things that you need to deal with? Because I, I told you I have the quotes from my conversations. <laughs> Um, you said to me, I don't struggle with mental health. I struggle with other things that are fairly similar. So, so if you wouldn't call it mental health, what would you call it? Oh, what a deep question. So, like, I would describe it as, and the reason I don't like to describe it as mental health is, so, like, I've been coaching for seven years, and, like, people have, like, what's the word they can say technically here where it's, I was going to say demons, but that's the wrong word. But like people have stuff they struggle with on a daily basis and it almost, it slows them down. Like it's like, it's like a big like weight on their shoulders. So I never want to say that I have to deal with that stuff because I don't. But you still go through phases where like, so last year I had a phase where like I really wasn't happy, but I wasn't ha- like, and I really did struggle with it. So like you it's okay to have that, but mine was like more just, I suppose I'd hit a point where I'd been doing my like job for a certain point, a, a certain amount of time, and I felt like it kind of just like, my enjoyment for it had fizzled out. All the stuff that I, three months ago, had like was loving, it just kind of, the spark had went. And then you have to deal with that. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily mental health because that's, that's a different thing really. Mine's is more just life stresses. Do you not think that like a lot of people would describe the life stresses, et cetera, as mental health? Do you feel uncomfortable describing it as that with yourself because you feel like other people have it worse? Um, so yeah, say? yeah, pro- probably, probably because I think like... You're almost gaslighting yourself at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I think, like, I think it's like with those things, I think it's because... Well, me, I suppose that like it is a, is slightly like mental health related. But yeah, like all that, like that last year I had a really tough year, but like I dealt with it in the exact ways that I just mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you want to say it, it could be, like, I suppose it is mental health related because at the end of the day, that is mental health is just thoughts, isn't it? It's just mm. what's going on in your brain. I was going to um, say mental health. Everyone has mental health. It, it's either good or bad or in, or somewhere in the middle. But everyone, when they say like, oh, mental health, they presume it's like the negative that you're struggling with it. But everyone has mental health. It's how healthy your mentality is. Like, Yeah. Well, I think what I mean by I don't like to say it's mental health is my mentality is good. But you obviously go through stages that are hard. Whereas I, the reason I'm saying like, I don't like to call it like quote unquote mental health is I know some people who probably struggle every day. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a harder thing. But yes, I agree with you that everyone has mental health. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so you touched earlier on about how you're a lot more emotional than you were previously. Um, now, <laughs> another quote that you said to me is, I don't have a soul. Nothing bothers me apart from my own pressure. Yeah, that is the most true thing on earth. But, okay, just like, can you explain that? Like, why you don't have a soul? Anyone that knows me and listens to that, <laughs> and I say, say, I, I say, say I'm emotionless, they are going to laugh and message me and say yes. 
But I think the, the I don't have a solo thing, by the way, as a joke, but it's also kind of, it it's kind of relative where a lot of the, the stresses I feel and the pressure I feel and the, the dark times I feel are all brought on by myself, which is probably quite common to people, but it's brought on by myself because of the pressure and the targets and, the, and what I want to achieve, which is kind of funny because if you think about it, that is stuff, stuff that I can control. Mm-hmm. I'm almost putting that there to make myself work harder, but then the harder you work, the more pressure's on yourself, the more you have to deal with it. So I'd say from a standpoint of people don't affect me, like nobody on earth could say something to me that like I am one of those people who just does not give a shit about people's opinions. But the other stuff on the other side, unless it's maybe one of my peers and it's to do with work, but like in general, um, all the stresses I feel are my own pressure. So you create your own life stresses? Yeah, yeah. Purely by, and this is again, something that I think help, can help people that, that's okay. Like, don't think that you have to go through life and every day is like a, it's like shiny, happy people. It's not like that. It's like my stresses are created by my targets and what I, like my quote unquote life targets are probably mad if you spoke to most people about them. Like people would be like, you can't do that. It's not going to happen. So then the stressors just come from that. Um, so when you for, say for, targets, are they all business related? Uh, so yes and no, I would say more life related. Like I want to be retired at 50. Okay. And most people are like, what? But like, I genuinely think that's possible. But then you've got to then take into account that that creates pressure. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a bad six months, you're behind on that target. So like, it's more stuff like that. They are business related, but also like, nobody's not got life targets. If people mm-hmm. tell you that, they're lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like everyone wants to be happy and have comfort don't they so do you feel like your the targets you set yourself are helpful or unhelpful a lovely mix of both okay i'd say i'd say like some of them are very helpful some of them are probably some of the ones that are a little bit more out there unrealistic can be negative because as I said, I'm quite big on, I assess a lot of stuff like detail wise, data wise. But if you're constantly doing that, there's going to be like, you're, you can redline for a certain amount of time before it falls down, basically. Mm-hmm. Like there's only so much weight you can put on something before it breaks. And I think that's what happened to me over the, the start of the year, probably the end of last year and the start of the year. I'd probably just had so much, so much of me doing that, that I just became, I just couldn't do it anymore for like a, a time frame mm-hmm. which and now we look back on it is probably could I do that better of course I could but I think you have to learn from it so yeah that was a good that's something I've never thought about by the way but it is now that I actually process it that is basically what happened I just hit I just broke from the point of just my own madness really did you have to take a step back from like work or anything like that in order to like um, gather yourself again so I will so I, I, we are very lucky as a brand where like our business is in a good place and retention with clients is in a good place so like I think it l- let me know that I could step away I still worked but I could 
I could do a little bit less and my business still runs. Mm-hmm. So like, I didn't totally disappear from business because as an online coach, unfortunately you can't. But I did work a lot less than I thought I, I suppose, than I thought I had to to keep the business going, which is nice to know because it means going forward, if I can see the signs of that happening again, I can mm-hmm. just take time away. Do you feel like push, like putting the, what I'm, what I'm trying to sort of work out is if you know you put so much pressure on yourself and you chose to, and, and it caused you to break, if you hadn't have put that much pressure on yourself and you didn't therefore break, do you think your business would be further along now than it would have? Nah, I don't think so, if I'm honest, no. Yeah. Um, because swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Like I was going to say, do you know what? When it comes to coaching, it's there, there's no rhyme or reason to it half the time. You can pick up 10 yeah, clients yeah. and have... I think, I think like you could... Like some, some days you could work a ridiculous amount and business goes backwards and other times you could take the foot off the gas and it goes forward. So I think... Yeah. But, but like, I think it's, it's learning how to like create because and people will be thinking what's he on about pressure like uh, people don't understand really so we're self-employed like there is a lot of pressures with coaching like every time someone signs up with me I am responsible for them getting results which I like but that's still pressure and mm-hmm. I, I want that to be a pressure because if you've not got that there you're not working very hard uh, or you're not doing the right thing for clients so like people will be thinking like but what do you mean by pressure and why is that hard it's more just the the, the things that I'm trying to achieve are there's a lot of pressure with them yeah that makes sense do you feel like not having a soul as you put it um is beneficial for your life yes so I always right so my mate's not going to listen to this right so it doesn't matter but one <laughs> of my mates right it wouldn't so so we're Scottish right it's if you came and sat with my mates for 20 minutes you would be like what the actual fuck is going on like the insults we give each other are like there's no like it's like a jimmy car joke constantly there's no you, there's nothing you can't insult there's, so like one of my mates i have never seen someone less bothered about anything in his life okay. and see when you see that in person it is insane because some people might say oh you know but then like he's not like focused on career he's not focused on this but imagine just every day just being like sweet and i'm f- I'm fairly close to that as a person outside of my business. Yeah. But in business, I'm different. Um, and I think it's because, and my mom always says this, I am the complete opposite to my mom. So like, okay. she's probably a little bit more stressed. When I grew up, I grew up just with my mom. She's a little bit more stressed, overthinks things. If something happens to me after it, I'm, it's gone. Like, I don't, like, it's not, apart from like very small things that I won't speak about, but like, like in general, like I don't really care. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's quite a nice way to be. I think it's quite helpful with like life, really. Yeah, that's fair enough. Why do you think you are so different from your mum? Because she raised me and it was just me and her. Like you. So you didn't want to be like her? N- no, because that like, like I would love, like my mum's, my mum's amazing, but like we are just different people from, I think, so I grew up just with my mum. The you then have that like pushback, don't you? So like, she's super caring, she's super like helpful. I am very um, selfish. I am not the most caring person. Like if someone asks me how my day is, I am like, what the fuck is that? Like, what sort of question is that? 
but it's like she's like oh you should ask everyone that i'm like nah so like we're just very different um but i think that as i'm getting older i can see myself turning towards more how she is okay interesting fair enough um he also said that you're not grateful for anything like so that sounds, that makes you sound like an asshole. <laughs> what what I mean with that is I think people take the term grateful as I think people look at that the wrong way. People are grateful for the the wrong style of things. Like what do you consider like, the wrong style of things? You can't be grateful to be on a holiday. Like what the fuck? Or like you can't. Nah, like that's like <laughs> I don't like. I personally don't think so because, like, I'm on holiday because I worked my ass off to be here. I'm not. I'm not great. Like, I think like being grateful for it should be like when you're lying on your deathbed. Hopefully, when you're old mm. or when I'm old, I think like the things you're grateful for won't be the stuff that most people say. It's like other stuff, isn't it? It's like memories. It's like things. Mm. I'm not grateful for like. I'm not grateful for being the position I'm in. Because in my head, I'm like, I'm in this position because the work I've done. So Do I'm you like, see grateful or gratitude a bit like luck? Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly yeah. like that. But I think, don't, and this is where like, I think podcasts and conversations like this are great. Just because I think that doesn't mean that someone else on the other side is going, oh my God, wait, is he right about that? Don't worry what I think, like what you think. Because we all have different emotional attachments and reactions to words and things. They all mean different stuff. I just think that, yeah, exactly. I think gratitude is, is very similar to luck. It's not, I think it's worked for. It's not like, unless you just are walking down the street and someone gives you a million pounds, which isn't going to happen, then I'd be grateful. But like in general, the stuff that like, I'm like, I don't think I process it that way. Okay. Yeah. But are you grateful for the things the people that you have in your life. Yeah, because I think you, you have to be, especially when, like that, like, like that stuff is like what people should be grateful for. Because mm-hmm. okay. like, you can be as successful as you want. If you're not got good friends around you, your life's boring, isn't it? Or you're yeah, not got good friends and that's the stuff like, you have to be grateful for that. I just, when I said that on the message before, I think it's because I see so many people, oh, I'm so grateful for this. And I'm like, like what? Like, <laughs> you must look at my stuff every day. Like, what the fuck is she yeah, talking? What, about? Yeah, but I think that's like I think that's something that's so so important. Like, some people can be grateful. Like, oh, I'm so grateful for my coffee in the morning, and then I get to get up and do this. And like, that stuff's not bad. It's just that I process that in a different way. Oh I'm yeah, like, I'm not saying a, that I'm right, you're wrong, or vice versa. Yeah, it's like, it's such a, that, and that's what's so cool about this, like, like your podcast and like the getting people on it, and like the fact that. People can relate to some stuff you say and don't relate to others. People mm-hmm. like some stuff I'll be saying, people are like, that's bonkers. But oh, if I do it the opposite way, that actually might work for me. Like that's what's cool about it. Yeah. And I also think it's important to have to have conversations with people who think entirely different to like what I say, because it allows people to feel like, oh, actually, I understand why he feels the way he feels, and vice versa. Um so yeah. That's interesting. And, and also, so on a daily basis, you kind of, you accept, like you think about this stuff. I don't. So like when I get put on the spot and you're asking me this stuff, some of the things I'm saying are probably just like a reactive answer. But like, 
that's cool to see because a lot of stuff I've said here, I'm like, oh, it's got interesting. I've never thought, I even thought about it that way. Yeah. You said um, that everyone has different emotional attachments. Do you know anything about attachment theory? No. Like, I don't even know. Like, so what, what is that? Is? So it's the way that we attach ourselves to things. Um, and typically there's three ways of um, attaching. So there's like a secure attachment, which is very like rational, healthy kind of way and then there's the anxious way where you're constantly kind of seeking reassurance from people and like if someone pulls away you're more likely to pull in and like vice versa and then there's the avoidant one they say it all comes down from childhood etc so avoidant is where you will detach yourself from emotions you won't you find it very hard to be close with people not just not in a romantic sense just like in general like find it hard to open up etc um and you'll like avoid any situation which which has that kind of like requirement for you to like talk about your feelings etc do you do you have any idea of what you would be out of that so i can speak about my feelings i i have zero empathy okay and i like see when i say this to people i'm like as well i understand that is not a nice thing to hear but like oh like well i suppose it's like slightly different if I am speaking to someone I don't know and they tell me something that's super sad. I don't have like a, an alarm going off in my head. I'm just like, not doesn't even bother me. Mm-hmm. If it's one of my very close friends, I, I would have empathy or probably what looks like empathy. Um, but I don't know because I'm, I can speak about my emotions very well. Mm-hmm. I don't have to because not many people ask, but I can. But the other stuff, I'm not really sure. Uh, that's send me that later because I will literally write down a list of it all and I'll see where I am. Yeah, that's interesting. Because that is a, that's a, that is a cool thing to actually look at. Yeah, do you know what I I read a, like read a whole book about it, um, and I found it so interesting to like see, like think about why you behave the way you behave, etc. And it's like all things that are completely subconscious. Um, but yeah, no, I'll send it to you afterwards. Like, but I think like that stuff's like as well, like so the how you are as a person is genetic right like Mm -hmm. personality traits and what what i used to do was like i've i've always quite liked myself as a person which is i suppose i'm very lucky about that Mm -hmm. but i think what happens to a lot of people and what you've just said there this could be quite helpful is and you might find this more than me with what you work with but people get very thrown off by like other people's opinions and what people think and stuff like you can't change how you are as a person. Why would you want to? So like, that's what I've always kind of thought with that stuff. So I think like how, why you react to stuff in a certain way and stuff is built into you. Okay. Like, like it is, isn't it? Like if you, if you know someone that's super reactive in terms of some people are aggressive, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Now they might be able to hold it together, but there's always a point they come back to aggressive. Yeah. There's some people who are, like that people then people that shut off they like if they're in a big room they just turn into silence like that i don't think that's stuff that you necessarily need to work on unless you truly believe it is um so like the way i am is just like i don't think i'm i can change my physique i can change my business i can change how technically good i am and stuff i don't think i can change what i'm like as a person and i don't think i want to so that's interesting um i wonder if you feel like that because you are happy with how you are 
Oh, yeah, I, think, I think you can change who you are. Like I've massively changed who I was as a person. The person that I was 10 years ago is completely different to who I am now. What am I going to say about that? What do you mean? You're the same person, but with different experiences and different, like, like that, that's a deep thing to say, right? But like, yeah. as, you, as you go through life, it's reactive, isn't it? We react to things. We've got memories, we've got good, we've got bad. I think... We're still the same people, we just grow, we're more experienced, we know how to react to stuff better. We know that perhaps those little things that used to bother us, we don't let bother us anymore because we've had 10 years of looking at them. So like, that's the way I always think about it. Like I think it's So what about if you conduct yourself in a different way? <laughs> I would probably say that that's just, again, learning. Okay. So you've learned what works and what doesn't, what's helpful, what's unhelpful, and therefore... Yeah, yeah. You don't change as a person. You just... I think you grow. You become smarter. You become more experienced. You probably become... You should become kinder. You should understand things more. Because mm-hmm. your life experiences, like, correlate to other people's. I don't necessarily think you change as a person. Maybe you do, though. You'll have to ask someone who, who used to be an absolute wanker and now they're like a saint. <laughs> <laughs> See how it goes. But I would yeah. say that was me. Like, I used to be a horrible person. And now people are like, you don't even have it in you to be horrible. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Because, yeah. But, but I, no, I completely respect your opinion. I like that. So what makes you someone who always seeks serotonin and always seeks highs? Do you think that's because of your genetic makeup? Is that what you're saying? Mm, like... Oh, well, I could go really off tangent with that and like, exp- like, so I grew up with a dad who was a drug addict. Okay. My dad's cool, but my dad's cool, by the way, so I can speak about that. Um, but like, he probably was addicted to serotonin. That's the same idea, isn't it? You're, you're getting high. You, you yep. want to find that. I think as I got older, I, I would say I'm, I've improved on it, but like, I'm someone who I like buying clothes. I like, I've got a nice car. But, like, I don't give a shit about a car. Like, really? So mm. I probably bought that for that serotonin, for that I went on a nice holiday there. Like, but I could have done it way better when I didn't spend as much money and I didn't do this stupid shit. But, like, I am a very, not with business, because I think that needs to be controlled, that needs to be ran in a smart way. But in life, yeah, I'm very serotonin-driven, which, again, can be very tiring in the long run. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I am, like, very, 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 like... Like, like impulsive, like just, I like people say as well. Oh, I just like having fun. It's not really as simple as that. Okay, why is it not as simple as that? What would you say is on a deeper level? Because uh, you're always seeking something, aren't you? You're always trying to continue that, that, that high, which can be, like, it's not dangerous for me. I was going to say, like, do you think it's a problem? Like, I think. It could be. So without going into like where I am in life and what I have and things like that, I think w- the money I spend is controlled because I put away X amount of my savings. I know what, like I'm very smart with that stuff. So like I'm getting a serotonin hit, but I'm not putting myself in a, a bad position. Yeah. Like I could go for a beer, but if I want to st- like stop drinking, I could easily stop drinking for six months. I've dieted loads of times. So like I think the serotonin or like that so for people that don't know you can explain what serotonin is but basically 
it's that like high you get. It's that like it, which we all get different times uh, and from different things. Like some people get it from seeing a nice bit of art. Some people get it because they want to go to a rave and take a few too many pills. It's the same shit. But like I think it can be dangerous for me, probably not. Because you feel like you've got enough of a hold over it. Yeah, I think it's like controlled chaos. Okay. Do you think that you're, you'd be further along or not as far along or just exactly the same if you didn't have that chase to make I, life less boring, as you've put it? I think I would be further along in business, but I would be in a far, not worse place, but I would, I would be further along in business and knowledge, but I would be in a worse place in terms of life experiences and like that at the end of the day is what it's really about isn't it like yeah not, and especially as you said about the whole what you're grateful for in your deathbed memories yeah like all that stuff that i've done is like you look back and you go god why did you do that but then you look at it and you go does it really matter it's not affected anyone it's not harmed anyone mm. so I, I think it's a good question i i think People, if you look at it the other way, like depending on what you see success as, but those people who are like super business driven success people, they probably get their serotonin hit from that. So mm -hmm. that's why they can stay so on it. Um, but yeah, that's a very good question, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about um, how you think that ADHD clouds your thoughts. Now you said, I just want to make this clear that I, ha like, I haven't actually been diagnosed with ADHD. I have not been diagnosed with that, but to put it this way, in my old flat, I had a wooden floor mm. and there was a carpet on it. And right, I'm heavy before anyone makes that joke, but I had like ground like indents in the floor because I fidget so much. Like I am someone who, when I'm working, even when I'm doing check-ins, I'll put my hood up, I'll put it down. I like, I feel I'm very, what's the word? Like I'm always all over the place. I am not ADHD to the fact that like, some people are like, it's madness. But like, what was the question again? <laughs> See, what, like you say that you feel like ADHD clouds your thoughts. And I just oh, want so, so like, so for example, and- You can't so retain like, information. Yeah, I can't <laughs> information. Like I'm really bad with that. Like, for, But for example, with our job, right? You have to study, you have to get better. My ability to study even stuff that I am passionate about is horrific. Like I am, yeah. because- I'll be studying and I'll get distracted by stuff. I'll be, and I've always been like that. I think like, it's, and you can look at it from a positive, a bodybuild. So like ADHD is probably not a bad thing because you have to move more, you have to train. So like those things tie in. But I think it, it does cloud your thoughts because, and I, I don't know because I've never been in someone else's head. I don't know if that was possible, that'd be cool. But like some people probably can think with clarity on situations, on what they need to assess i can't really because mm. i'm thinking about one thing but there's also 10 other things going in my head and i know a lot of people are like that but i think that is down to my concentration span that just gets a little bit let's gets a little bit all over the place it also makes me sometimes say things that are just absolutely nonsense okay what that you don't actually mean or do you mean that oh 100 100%, 100%. i've insulted so many people in my life just by saying stuff that i'm i don't have Tourette's by the way before anyone thinks that <laughs> like, i'm something to say stuff that pops in my head and i'm like what the f so like like all that stuff i think ties into that mm -hmm. that sort of like i find that i need to do a bit of work 
go do something, do it at work, go do something like the ADHD, I think. So when you try and then process stuff, think about stuff, you're, you're not thinking as clear headed. Hence why I think that journaling actually used to help. Because mm-hmm. you're like putting something down. Yeah, paper. and like, a lot of it, a lot of it, like if you look through it, probably only 10% was actually like the main focus of what I was trying to journal, but the other stuff is going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, would you say that's why you feel like your mental well-being is erratic? Um, yeah, yeah, so like, I would actually say it's probably over-assessment of stuff. So like, like, do you know the way that you can make any situation as bad or as good as you want? I'm very good at making stuff good, but I'm also very good at making it bad. So it's like over-assessment. I don't think that's because I'm like a little bit hyper, a little bit clouded, that stuff. I think it's more just assessment-based. Okay. Is your your definition of overassessment different from overthinking? Oh, it's well, same. Yes, I think. Okay. Because I think w- with overthinking, you get it's streams of different things. Mm-hmm. So even though, like, I'm a bit like my brain's always a bit all over the place. It's always really like two or three things that are there. Okay. So it's not really overthinking. I don't start. I don't start making up like random scenarios in my head like this whereas I think some people do that and that's mm-hmm. very yeah okay no I understand that now so you feel like or confusing to people by the way but I think both of us know kind of what I mean yeah yeah 100% so like your version of like well over assessment is going into depth on one or two or three situations as opposed to like spiraling on everything yeah yeah exactly that exactly okay that makes sense that makes sense um well, I feel like that was everything. Is unless there's anything more that you would like to add to that? No, I've got uh, no because I'll just go off on a tangent. I don't have anything else. <laughs> that was cool though because I didn't. For anyone that knows, by the way, I didn't have any clue what I was waiting to ask there. So um, no, I said we had the conversation before when I was talking about it. We we agreed that it was better with this sort of stuff to not have a like preconceived idea about what you had to say. And I also think in that situation, you then kind of answer a little bit more honestly because you're not sort of like premeditating how it comes across or whatever. Yeah, that's my therapy session done for the week. So, <laughs> Have, Has your opinion on anything changed or like opinion on yourself or an aspect of yourself changed? Can you listen to it? Because that's what I mean. Like my brain's blank. I don't yeah. But I'll have to listen to it. I think there was a few things said that I think actually were very helpful. Good. I'm glad. So for anyone, by the way, if anyone, like some of this stuff relates to you, not the exact madness of me speaking and going a little bit like all over the place, but like if it relates to you, just drop me a DM on Instagram. Where can people find you? Ali Burge at, no, underscore VW Physique on Instagram. And then everything's in the link on my bio. So you can get everything from there. You can put that there so people know how to spell it. Yeah, I will. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And it was something that was completely different for you. So thank you. It was fun.